Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to promote better health and peak performance. We here at Swissper know that even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all your nutritional bases. That's where Athletic Greens will help. With its complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, it is no common drink, but straight up nutritional insurance for your body delivered right to your doorstep. And let's be honest, you can't really take off as an entrepreneur if you don't have the right fuel. I myself use Athletic Greens first thing in the morning. One simple scoop in a glass of water means my energy levels stay consistently high throughout my day. Athletic Greens tastes delicious, and it manages to do so while containing no more than one gram of sugar and being compatible with any diet you can imagine. Vegan, paleo, keto, you name it. So if you're ready to become the entrepreneur of your dreams, head on over to athleticgreens.com slash to claim our special offer today and receive a free D3K2 wellness bundle with your first purchase. That's up to a one year supply of vitamin D. Very important for the coming winter months. And you know what's also winter essential? Listening to Swisspreneur. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Swisspreneur. And now on with the show. If someone tells me it needs to be that way because it has always been that way, I like, ah. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Tobias, welcome back to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you again. Nice to be here again. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about building the right culture from day one. And I would like to start with your personal experience and also the mistakes that you see startups making on a repetitive basis, basically, about their culture. So what are the common mistakes that you see out there? I think it's, I'm not sure how much it's a mistake. Probably two things. One thing is like, it's underestimated how important culture is because it is not that important when you're just five people. Mm -hmm. Because when you're five people, you're close enough that you will be able to easily just cover um, a lot of, maybe cultural interpersonal problems because you're super focused on the cause. You're super focused on getting it done, getting it out, getting your MVP done. Um, and this focus already covers a lot by itself. And then you're also, it's easy to tolerate. You know, it, it's the same if you have, if, in a, if you're in a family with 10 people and you have different characteristics, you're a family. You will, you will be able to, to handle it. But the moment you're a hundred people, it gets more difficult because you're not close enough to just handle that. Um, and I think out of that natural, it comes usually too late that you actually start thinking about values and culture you want to build and you believe is the right one for your enterprise and your company. Is there a certain threshold where you say that's the right employee size or you should actually start thinking about these topics? I would say do it, have it on your agenda from day one. Uh, you don't, I think you have some time to like nail it down. What are your values and what is the company culture you want to have? Uh, 
mm-hmm. um, and to really start writing it down so that you can make sure that once writing and everyone has to read, you make sure that you actually understand the same. Um, so I think you have some time to do that, but put it on your agenda on day one because, and, and that's probably then the, the second question is what is co- how do you build that and what is the core about it, right? We'll get to that in a second, but maybe take a step back first. Why is culture actually so important? Because it reduces the amount of time you invest within a company with inwards looking, which means that you re- increase the time you can focus on getting shit done for your customers. And I think fundamentally that's, that's why, it is, why it is important. Um, and secondly, I think it's, I think I would say always when you, a vision, vision, a clear vision makes sure that everyone pulls on the same rope. Yes. A common culture makes sure that people pull on the same rope into the same direction. Yeah. Crucial part. Crucial difference. Yeah. Is there any, you know, if you think about a good culture and a bad culture, are there any examples that come to mind? I don't think so. I never saw myself in a position to actually judge whether a culture is good or bad. Um, I think there are different cultures and there is okay, it's okay. I think there are cultures I would never be able to work in or never like not even close. But to judge that that's a bad culture, I don't see myself doing that nor seeing myself in a position to to actually judge that so it's also a very subjective thing very personal thing where you need to find the right fit for you on the personal level. absolutely absolutely and i think that's when you when it comes to mistakes uh, or or what is crucial to build your values and and culture in a company it's you have to be brutally honest to yourself because there is no good or bad the main problem is if you build values or if you define the values and, and the culture that is not fundamentally what, what really is inside of you, what, what really matters to you, and then it's, it's not going to work because you're going to have troubles yourself holding up to your values or to the culture. Yeah, that's a, a huge stress factor that you don't want to be in. Yeah. So maybe also talk a bit more about the culture itself. What is it? What is it not from your perspective? Um, I think culture is the result of common values. I think if you have common values where you say, this is for me undisputable, that's like, these are our values. And if you are part of that family, you need to comply with those values or others said you need to have that values in yourself too. Um, and then what expresses out of that is, is the culture that people are going to be able to recognize, to see, to feel, to connect with. You talked about the importance of values. How do you discover your own values? Didn't even be able to shape your company culture. So where do you start? Where did you start there? What are your personal values? Where, where do I, I start way too late, obviously. <laughs> That's why I would say now this should start earlier. Um, <laughs> Um, I think if, if two ways, one thing is that if you put it on the topic and if you put it as a, as, as an important agenda item, mm-hmm. it's an important item on your agenda, uh, you can discover through, through discussions 
um, with friends, with families, with your co-founders, with your first employees, and try to get like as much mirror as possible to how you behave when you freak out. Um, and, and out of those symptoms, you'll be able to identify what matters to you and what behavior trigger you and which satisfy you, which ones make you feel happy, which ones create anger, which ones create fear. Um, and that's part of the process, I think, to identify really your, your own values and what you say, where, where are you not willing actually to make compromises. So for and this can be two, this can be three, it can be five, it's not, it's not yeah. clear. So really practice self-reflection, look out for these emotional triggers, understand how you're feeling and look very closely there to understand what's yeah. truly important to you. And I mean, you have, you have these four fears, right? You have feeling joy and happiness, fear, anger, and sadness. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you feel that, if you can be present in that feelings and understand what they trigger, which situations they trigger, you will be able to identify the values uh, that guide you. And again, these four feelings or sentiments are not good or bad. I mean, fe fear or even anger can be some, it's, anger is super powerful to motivate, to bring forward. So it's not that you don't need to have like values that r reduce anger, that anger is never happening. But you need to understand which are the angers that bring you forward in terms of Ah, that annoys. For example, for me, it's something, it's, it's curiosity. If people are not curious, I get like, ah, oh. but, but that because it's important to me, you know, it's important. Not because it's like, I have a problem with you, you know? Um, so I think basically it's when you start with it, with your feelings, with these four sentiments and you can identify what, what triggers those in a positive or negative direction. It's probably, uh, it's a bit theoretical, but that's, it's, it's, it's how you get there, ultimately. I think, yeah, this is just an important wake-up call. So if you don't really think about these emotions on yourself, maybe it's good to uh, take some time and reflect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and first, you need to identify yourself. When do I feel sad and when do I feel angry, for example? Or, um, and then, like, what, what triggers it? Yeah. Because, you know, in, in like a very busy workday, it's easy to just overlook these feelings and don't really take them seriously. And Absolutely. Continue with the next task and uh, then you sort of forget to really understand how you feel. But usually it's going to be simpler and easier to identify it in your private life, in your family, in your personal life and relationship. Um, and ultimately it's nothing else. Normally it's like the words you then choose to describe the value that drives you. Might be different if you do it privately or or, or on, on an enterprise level or a company level uh, because you have different let's say words that describe value um, but fundamentally you are you True. your your emotional you is the same at home in your family at business so we are curious to hear what your values are well my, my values are obviously the, the values of, of sharpening um, number one is appreciation. Um, I'm an extreme strong believer in appreciation and appreciation is for me super important um, in the per interpersonal interaction, the way you communicate, the way you discuss, the way you look at things. Um, so, and I, I believe appreciation is the strongest motivator um, to excel uh, for everyone. 
So appreciation is our, our value number one um, uh, at Chirpany. The second thing is service oriented. Okay. Um, for me, it's super important to help each other. That's as important in my relationship as it is in family, as it is in, in business. Um, just having a behavior of, of helping each other. Just starts with, can I clean up the table or can I help you? Just If you go to somewhere and you're invited and someone is still cooking, can I, still, can I help you something? Or it's just this, this way of, of service orientation. Um, the third thing is, as I mentioned before, is curiosity. It's like if someone in, tells me it needs to be that way because it has always been that way, I like, ah, oh, I get like, it's completely, in my head, this is like the most stupid explanation you could possibly give. I mean, either there is a reason and we can discuss the reason, but because it was that, that's like, where's the curiosity? Where, why? Why don't you want to know why is it that way? <laughs> and that's, that's something where I learned, where I had to learn over time, um, way already before Sherpany, that curiosity is, is something, it's not good or bad. I just learned that for me, it's important. But there are people that are way less curious and they're super great people. There's nothing wrong with having high curiosity or low curiosity. Um, but to me, it's important. And to me, it's super important for, for in Sherpany that we, we thrive and have this curiosity and try out and, and, and think about the why behind the why behind the why. Why, why is it that way? You know? um, and then the next one is uh, result-driven. I think that's just, that comes out of uh, my own passion I'm like, to say extremely, I'm like this, this uh, to-do checkmark type of person, you know. Uh, I have to get things done that are on my list. And if they're not done, I'm, I'm restless. Um, and brings also that you can put a lot of things on my to-do list and I'm just going to get it done. To the extent that sometimes I get things done that wouldn't have even have been necessary because just they were on my list. This I learned a bit to, <laughs> to sometimes reflect and say, what things should I take off my list because they're not relevant anymore. Uh, but result orientation, ultimately the output counts. Uh, you need to get it done. You need to get it. Um, and, and last but not least, I think all of those um, trustworthiness. Um, and this comes, uh, all of those together, I think trust is something you earn. Um, so you have to always earn that and that makes you trustworthy because you actually focus on, on making sure that you earn the trust uh, from other people, uh, personally, in private, in business. Um, so these are my five values. Great. Do they necessarily have to be identical to the company values because it's your own company or could there also be differences? There can be differences. For example, for me, it's uh, family is for me super important or is, is my number one. I, I care about my family. And family, for example, I would not put that as, as a, a value in, in our company in the same way as I do it. I, to a certain extent, yes, service orientation, helping each other. But caring about my family is on a different level. Um, and that's something that is super important for me privately does not reflect in, in, in the company culture or in the company values that ultimately drive the culture. Right. 
to that extent. I mean, you see people's, you see that ultimately that it's still, and that's something interesting. It's probably not a, re, it's not a value that we strive for. Nevertheless, you see it at, at Sherpani that Sherpanese feel themselves as being part of a family. And that has ultimately something to do probably with the way we behave, all right? <laughs> Makes sense. So now you're getting more and more clear about the values and also define the values for a company. What do you do next to then really, you know, build and establish this, this culture? I think it's interesting enough. It's, um, you don't have to do that much. I think that the biggest part is being true to yourself when you define or try to define the values. And I think the challenge is there that you have to define the values between like your founders or the core team. The core team is not aligned. It does not have the same values then you're never going to establish a culture because the culture is established or growth through your behavior, whether you naturally behave following those values. And also like being hard in value incompatibility. And I think that's then the second big step when, you, when it comes to establishing or growing a culture within, within a company, it's building that that sensors to identify incompatibility, values incompatibility, and never, ever uh, accept value incompatibility by performance. And I think that mistakes we did at Sherpani. Do you have like a specific example that you can name? Yeah, I I don't want to be specific, um, but we had had a two or three situations where I too long accepted value incompatibility and I was actually aware of um, because of performance. And this ends negative. This is not going to help anyone. And I think that's, that's a challenge in the beginning, um, especially when you're, when you're younger and you have not yet so much experience in terms of leadership is to to build that sensors to uh, to identify value incompatibility and and to to then once you identify it to be to be rigid and decide immediately mm-hmm. and to build that clarity you know it's because it's this is belly feeling you will always be able to rationally oversteer and say no, 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 this behavior is blah, 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 explainable. And, and that's why it's still value compatible. Your brain is always going to trick you in that, but your belly doesn't. And to feel that, to build that confidence that when it comes about values, you can and shall and have to trust your value, belly, and then take the decisions. Um, and this, a core part is that, that you, I don't know, Probably in the beginning for every person that you ultimately have to lay off or, or um, in the company that if you do that for the first couple of times, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with the, with the realization that you knew it way earlier. You did it too late. Yes. And still today, I have that. Um, I think I shortened the time already, mm-hmm. but still... And that's always because your brain is overriding your, your belly feeling, which, you, which is actually just true. Right. And I also think that if you do have to let someone go and you can really explain it, 
because of the values that they did not follow. This is also crucial for the team to understand and then to support that decision because they know these are the values that are important for our company. This person obviously in this, this, this example didn't follow them. So it's obvious that they had to leave the company. Yeah. That's, I think, crucial for also establishing the culture beyond uh, the, the, the initial setup. Absolutely. I think that's super important. But interesting enough, I think if you... That's why it's super important to do it early. Because the moment you start hiring people, you need to have that established. Because you need to, to, to make values a crucial part in your recruiting process. Because otherwise, you're going to have a hard time to then change that again. If you have value, in, in, value incompatibility within your team then you have to first identify and so on. And, and the biggest help to identify value and compatibility is having a team that is value compatible, right? Yes. Or that has the same, the same values because they, the team normally knows it way earlier because they don't have, they have less this, this, um, this problem of a brain overwriting because out of performance, because out of whatever reasons, because I have been searching for six months already and, True. It was super yeah. hard to fill that position and so on. So the team just says, yeah, I mean, doesn't work. Doesn't work. And then you're like, yeah, but uh, so <laughs> the team is probably once you have value alignment with the team, it gets much easier because the team will help you a lot to actually confirm what, what your belly tells them. Right. So recruiting plays a crucial role in that regard. How do we spot and also identify the right values in, in potential candidates? Because most of the time you don't know them for that long. You don't really know how they also behave. How do you, you know, sort of check them on their values? I think there are different elements. One thing is that we put it in um, very early in our recruiting process. So um, for our recruiters uh, or talent acquisition specialists, um, uh, that they, they in, in the very first conversations already values play an important role. Second um, is that Something that we are also still trying to, to, to improve is values show most often or when in the in-between times. There where it's not obvious, it's not an interview. It's like, how, how do people, what do they write or how do they react after an interview? Um, if you have them on site, let them walk around for 15 minutes in the office, talk to some people. Um, and then listen what they say. Um, like in, in these between situations or how often are they gonna, if the process is like, I don't know, not right away continue, how fast do they ask back? How do they ask back? Do they always choose the email or do they pick up the phone? Um, something that I, that I learned is like, Try to, to have them speak to, I don't know, if you have an assistant, try to, to that they have to speak to the assistant or organize, I don't know, the next call with your assistant or with the office manager or, um, and see how they treat those people. Absolutely. Because they will try to shine in front of you. But in these in, in, in between times, it's more likely that you see how they naturally behave. And there comes again, it's, it's not good or bad. It's just try to build a recruiting process where you have a, mo a lot of these elements where you have the possibility to identify what really drives him and his, his real behavior. Because it's going to be good for both of you if you, if you just identify what, what is real and what is not real. 
And um, that's the same also when you, when you come back to the, to the question of letting people go, letting people go. I think also there I'm, I'm very clear in value and compatibility, but without judging, you know. I think that's super important because there is no right or wrong. It's just it fits or it doesn't fit here. It might fit somewhere else, but it doesn't fit here. Yeah. And how do you actually, you know, you, you mentioned the gut feeling, but how do you actually really spot the incompatibility of a value once you actually already started working with a person? Once you started working, you usually identify pretty quickly. Okay. It's once really this like gut feeling. The, yeah. Once the, and, and again, it's like the, it's the in-between things. It's how do they, how do they help within the team? How did they integrate within the team? Um, how strong do they speak up themselves if they identify value incompatibility somewhere? And it's it's a lot, it's a lot about it's ultimately just try to be part of the team. Read, be part of, of Slack channels. How do they communicate? What do they say? And I mean, obviously, the, the stronger, and that's why I say value is basically the basics. And then once you apply it, it creates culture. And the stronger the culture is, the easier the, the entire culture is going to just spot uh, incompatibilities. True. Before we continue with the show, we'd like to introduce you to Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Whether it be marketing, sales, customer care, or accounting, Clara is just what the doctor ordered. Any SME employee can tell you that managing internal processes manually and on paper is just about the silliest way of wasting your time. That's why Clara digitizes everything. An easier, hassle-free workflow means you and your company get to spend time on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. And now, on with the show. And once you spot such an incompatibility, do you first, you know, try to talk to them and, and find a, a solution or a workaround? Or is your decision pretty clear where you say, hey, I'm not charging, but this is not a fit. We, we do have to go separate ways. That really depends on the on the situation itself, um, because we all make mistakes. Even myself, I cannot say I'm hundred percent value compatible all the time. I had already like my office manager coming to me and say, "Hey, what you just said is not appreciative." And then it depends again: how do I react? Uh, can I see it myself? Can I do something with that feedback? Uh, can I improve? Because it is absolutely, uh, it would be complete wrong expectation to believe that everyone is all the time behaving according to the values. That's not realistic. Um, but it is, how do you deal with that? And it's like, do you have a system that allows to cope with these failures and then also to, to discuss and talk about it and to, to move on, right? But then there are some like some behaviors which are, which you say, and that that's also comes a bit with time. But there are some behaviors where you say, okay, the gap is so big, this gap is never going to close, yeah. or if it's going to close, it's going to take us ten years, and that's not worth probably not worthwhile, nor for you, nor for me. It's like, 
probably you don't even want to close that gap because it's fundamentally a different value that you have and then look for an environment where this value is valued and don't try to be in an environment where this value is devalued because then that's not going to help anyone. Got it. Where's this bar where you say this is like the, the minimum value that you should always have, uh, you know, out of the five values that you mentioned and what is like below that where it's actually not working out? Is there such a bar where you say this is like the minimum that you should have all the time? I think it, it starts there. It, it is somewhere where you were in the, in the interpersonal moment when it really starts crashing others. Like when you see like the way he behaves is like disallowing others to do their job and and to behave properly or starts to have a negative impact on the team or broader than just a situation where people say, okay, should happen, let's discuss, done, let's move right. on. Got it. And now also, you know, you mentioned the beginning, it's the founder's job to actually, you know, be attentive, be aware and really make that a top priority to care about values and the culture. Who is responsible when you grow the company? Is this still the founders or who should be responsible for values and culture? Everyone. Everyone. It's, um, it's embracing it. I think first and foremost important, it's, I always had troubles when, when a company appoints a culture, chief culture officer or something like that. That's like, I don't know. So you cannot delegate that work. No, you cannot. And, and for me, it's also from a perspective, it's like super weird. I mean, I don't know if you go to Philippines or if you go, I don't know, in to to Azerbaijan and you live there, do you think there is like one person that is responsible for the culture of that community? <laughs> it's like, no, culture is the result of how a community behaves and what is important for their, the community and what is not important and, and so on. So there's not one person that can make it, you know? And I also don't think that it's like one person that should be the police because then you are back in right and wrong. And ultimately the culture is the, the way how a community lives their values. And, and so the community themselves is crucial of building and keeping a culture and constantly the interpretation of your values and what does it mean in a day in, day, day, in, day out, living, working uh, together right um so yes i mean fundamentally it is the founders in the beginning to to make that being part of life it's going to be your management team but it's ultimately it's everyone that is within the company because as mentioned i mean it's culture is the interpretation of the values um, from the community that follows those values yeah. how do you actually communicate the values you know you mentioned that you bring them up early on in recruitment interviews but where and how do they show in, in daily business life at your company? Actions. Okay. It's much more what you do than what you say. So no big posters on the wall? No, not really. I mean, we have, uh, there is one poster in every office uh, where we have it, have it written, where sometimes people are stop and read again. Um, I think it's super important to write it down and to have like clarity and also have discussions about it on a constant basis if people like, have troubles to understand, then rewrite it. Try to make it even more understandable. Right. It doesn't matter uh, how often you iterate on, on your values. The, the value itself is clear, but how do you c 
communicate and the more often you discuss the better uh, the, the communication becomes um, so it's obviously it's it's written down it's on our on our website but it, ultimately to live up to the values is how you behave fully agree yeah do you, do you appreciate in the right moments do you help yourself others you know, they are also um, inspired by Google, probably these perks of free food, free gyms, and so on and so forth. What do these perks play? What role do they play in terms of culture? For me, it depends a bit to what extent they're part of culture is probably to the question to what extent they are an expression of a value that lies, that is below mm-hmm. versus the coolness factor of, of an employer. Um, I think that's also why this like creative open office or or food or these kind of things it doesn't work necessarily for for every employer. I mean every employee is like okay I mean it's cool to have gym and food but to have the impact that it had in Google also in other enterprises I think that's because if they're not connected to a value then they're not part of a culture they're just nice perks. But the the meaning is not clear what what it means and and what is the expectations from from the community or from from the employer as a total of all people right. towards that perks i mean it's and, and when you think about google um and and the environment of let's of the creativity and build things together no matter if it takes 24 hours you see that this element become a different element it's part of the expectations in terms of creativity and if you if you're dedicated to someone to something also within a team you might stay 72 hours in an office and that's how we reward that or how we appreciate that then it, it gets into a relation again and then I think it can make sense uh, and it shows again as part of the culture. Um, but if it's just there, and, and that's what you see, right? Uh, I mean, we had that also at Cherpany, some perks we did and after three months they're there, they're just, they're just there. I mean, they're just like assumed as normal, yeah. but it's not part of the culture because it's not connected to a value and, and then people also forget and that's okay. That's correct because it's like sure. it's not fundamental for the culture. But I think, yeah, th- having this connection to the values and having the values is really the guiding star, basically, for whatever you do with the culture and the company. That's a strong part. Mm-hmm. How do you actually measure culture? Are there any like KPIs that you focus on to measure if you have a good culture or not? <laughs> Comes back to good culture, bad culture. Right, I don't yeah. think they're good or bad. Or if you have the right culture for your company, let's put it that way. That's better. I would say ultimately it's about uh, employee happiness. It's like the, the, the culture helps you to, to identify yourself. Is that an environment where I can strive, where I f- feel good, where I can actually achieve and perform and excel towards my own expectations and also external expectations? And and that's why I always say when, you, when it's recruiting, you have to answer three questions. You have to ask, can he do the job? So does he have the capabilities? Does he want to do the job? Does he have the motivation? And does the environment allow him to do the job? Um, and that's the, the, the culture. Um, and if you have a strong mismatch there, even though if one and two is given, he's not going to be successful. 
Um, so you really need all three to you need uh, all three. make it work, right? Yeah. yeah. You need all three to make it work. And so I think ultimately it's like achieving your goals, achieving your targets, but also having like the, the, the satisfaction of, of your people, that, you, that people like to work in that environment, especially when it's going south or when you don't achieve, when it's stressful. They say, okay, I, we can cope with that stress or with that tension because we know why we are here and the cherries in the other garden are not redder. It's like, I feel, I feel home here. I feel at the right place. And then it's like, okay, the world can shake, but then it's going to be shaking somewhere else too, or even harder because I don't feel that support that, that is correct for me. How and how often do you measure the employee happiness? Do you do every that month. every month? Wow. How do you do that? NPS. Simple but effective. Yes. <laughs> so you just sent them like a Slack message or an email or how you? Yeah, an email. They have an email, uh, a survey where they can just answer um, that maybe two things. Your NPS, would you recommend us? Um, so we have three things that we measure, but two things we ask is, do you recommend us? And second, um, what would you change if you change it yourself within your organization? Um, these are two things. And then the third one is how many uh, people do we actually hire out of referrals? So to correlate, I recommend you whether this actually turns into recommendations. Yeah. There was also one additional KPI that I didn't have on the map before. Uh, but when we talked to Andy Fischler from Frontify, he said um, they also looked at how many people leave on their own, like voluntary basis. Yeah. And I think that's probably also, of course, there are like circumstances if you move and so on. But if they leave without any you know, pressure or misfit, um, that's probably also a sign that, okay, there you probably want to talk to them and understand what's really going on. I would partially agree. I think, yes, it's definitely a KPI to look into. Um, we had a couple of times people leaving because out of one or two, Two. No, yeah, maybe only only one from these three questions. Okay, yeah. Where they said the challenge that I currently have at Sherpany is no longer interesting enough for the capabilities I have or the capabilities I want to develop. Right. And out of that reasons, they terminate themselves because why should we? It's all good. Sure. Um, but I completely understand and support it. At some point, for many people, at some point, it's it's healthy and valuable to move forward. To go somewhere else because we cannot deliver anymore the environment or the challenge you need to excel in your own growth and that's something positive for me that's super super healthy and these are people that you see and i think that's where then the culture is an indicator that was good or a fit um, when these people come back when these people come back either to work we had people that left for two three years and came back working for us um, or come back just regularly for a coffee when we have an opero. They just like the environment coming back into the environment. And this, I think, is also a, an indicator that um, voluntary leave is not necessarily an indicator for um, misfitting culture. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Yeah, makes sense. So are there any like last tips or also tools that you would recommend in regards to culture and values of your own company? The strongest tool is, I think, two things. One is uh, feedback, like ask for feedback on these aspects um, and also structure your own feedbacks along the values. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think that's that's very instant feedback as well as like uh, qualified feedback, like I don't know, once off year or once a, once a year um, with your people. So that I think the bet on culture and, and values is the best thing when ultimately matters how other people see it and having that mirror. And when you do that in early days and develop that as, as something part of part of the culture is also giving feedback. Um, you get into that stage that it's way more transparent and honest because they know it's it's okay it's okay to criticize um, um, and to on the value part just to give open and transparent feedback. Yeah, and I think that's one thing. And the second thing that we started later on, but it's also very valuable, is if structured exit interviews. Everyone who leaves, if he was terminated or not, to make a structured exit interview to understand why what um, and so on to try try to understand the, the motivation behind it. that's also an important part of the whole culture because the way that you treat your employees when they leave that's probably one of the biggest points that they remember right so this is very very important to pay good attention and take good care of your employees there absolutely absolutely i think from a cultural point point of view it's for us um it's crucial that we we have to devise everyone who starts applying, whether he's get, getting rejected, gets a job, whether he stays, he leaves. We should make sure that everyone becomes an ambassador of Sherpany, that he knows why he was rejected mm-hmm. and that he can do something with that. And if he can work on that, why? He, well, who knows? Maybe in two years from now, yeah. we have the right position for him or he's, he, he thinks that it's a fit or something like that. Yeah, beautiful. So to wrap up this episode, we prepared some rapid fire questions for you. We give you either a selection or a short question that you can answer in one or two sentences. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. United States, Europe or China? Europe. Why? Uh, Because I think it's the old continent and it's underestimated what uh, power is uh, available in that continent and underutilized. Nice. Wealth or happiness? Happiness. Clear choice? Absolutely. <laughs> what makes you smile? Kids. You have your own, your own kids? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, September. Oh, nice. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Motivation or discipline? Motivation. Why? Discipline to me is much more a tool that helps you get shit done if you have the motivation, right? Discipline without motivation is not going to end anywhere. It's not going to bring you anywhere. The next one, Apple or Google? (laughs) Google. Why? Um, Because Apple to me is too close. um, Yeah, too close circle. And Google to me is just way more tech oriented somehow in, in my perception. And more inspiring when it comes to breaking boundaries. Okay. And for sure, it would be probably Microsoft because you integrate well with them. Yes. I mean, I have to say, absolutely. It's that in the last couple of years, Satya Nadella definitely changed my perception of Microsoft. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one for you today, where do you go to think? Running. Cool. So thank you again for your time to be us. 
that was really insightful and also valuable with the lessons that you shared and the experience that you shared with us and our listeners. So thank you so much for making the time. We wish you all the best and lots of success for you and Sherpin in the future. Thank you very much for having me and for the great questions and the conversation. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.